Are you ready to hear the word of God? Amen. As I said earlier, the title of my message for this afternoon is Trust God. That's the title. The only way we can make our lives work in this world is to be able to trust God in every situation. We've seen it in this play just now. It's not easy to trust God. We might say it, it's easy. It's a very difficult thing when things are going bad, when things are in a chaos for you not to go away, to follow your own thing. It's very hard. And that's the time we need to learn to trust God. I want to just show you 12 men and women of God of the Old Testament who trusted God in all circumstances. And as I name each of those people, I want you, maybe at some given time, you can relate your life to them. Not to that extent, but at least a little. A little we will be able. I apologize that the, the projector is not on. We don't have it. Otherwise, the slides are there. But it's behind you. Don't be turning your heads. Another thing is, in case you hear some beautiful music, don't worry. It's from my other church which is taking part at the back. That's the reason you hear some sound, beautiful music. Don't go to bed now. The first man that I want to talk about is taken from the book of Genesis 6, verse 22. It talks about a man called Noah, a man who took God seriously and trusted God for the assignment that God gave him. Even though it took so many years, this man never failed or never doubted. He trusted God. It's from Genesis 6, 22. The second person that I want to show you from the word of God is Abraham. Abraham was a man who trusted God. He journeyed into the unknowing, knowing that God who called him was faithful to supply every need of his. Every need of his. This man never knew where he was going, but yet he journeyed. I've taken this from Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, about Abraham. The next person that I would like to talk about is Nehemiah. This man was a man who knew the call of God. He didn't allow the people who spoke negatively about him to take control. He, he didn't care what they said, but he continued to trust God and to complete the work that God gave him. We find that from Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 20. The fourth person that I want to talk about is from Job chapter 1 verse 22. Job was a man whose life was totally tested beyond any man's imagination. Yet, in all those testings, Job did not curse God. He trusted God. Even though he lost everything, he knew in the God whom he believed in, Job 1.22. The next person that I want to talk about is Joseph, taken from Genesis 50, verse 20. Genesis 50, verse 20. Matthew, have you got Genesis 50, 20? If somebody has it, please read Genesis 50, 20. It says that Joseph was a man who completely trusted God. He devoted his life to God. Even though there was injustice given to him, even though there was injustice given to him, even though he was betrayed, 
even though he was tempted in every way, this man knew there was somebody watching him. He didn't care about man, but he cared about God. He trusted God. Yes, Brother Matthew. The and, Bible says yes. And as for you, he meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Amen. God you kept this man. God might be keeping you somewhere. No matter what you're going through, you might be betrayed. You might be going through all temptations. Hold on. Trust God. He will fulfill the plans and the purposes that he has for you in Jesus' name. The next one I want to talk about is a woman. And we find that in the book of Ruth, chapter 1, verses 16 to 17. Here we find Ruth, who left everything she had, and she went for something far more greater than ever we can imagine. How often it is for us, can, I, can the ladies answer me this question? If your husband died, where would you go? Would you go to your mother-in-law's house and stay? Nobody even answered yes. Amen, Kutima. God bless you. How fast, you know, the moment our husbands die, the last place that we will ever think is mother-in-law. We might tolerate father-in-law, but not mother-in-law. But yet this woman, this woman believed in God because she's seen the life of her mother-in-law. I'd like you to read that, Matthew. It's taken from Ruth chapter 1, verses 16 to 18. And Ruth said, mm. Entreat me not to leave thee, mm. and to return from following after thee. Amen. Mm. For whither thou goest, I will go. Wherever you go. How many of us can tell that to your mother-in-laws? Mother-in-law, wherever you go, I will go. Or we will say, mother-in-law, you go to the left, I will go to the right. Yes, Brother Matthew. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people. One minute, Matthew. Wherever you lodge, do we lodge with our mother-in-law? How many of us, when we go for vacation, we give mother-in-law's house only two days? And at the husband's house, the whole vacation? Or in your own house? We don't care for our mother-in-laws, but if you want to be blessed, go and visit your mother-in-law and stay with her for some time. Become a daughter. Become a daughter. And she will bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Any mother-in-laws here? Any mother-in-laws? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Mother-in-laws. I pray that God will bless you all. Amen. Yes, Brother Matthew, continue. Thy people shall be my people, mm. and thy God, my God. Look at this. Your people, mother-in-law, your family will be my family. How often there are two suitcases made in vacation, mother-in-law's suitcase and your suitcase. You don't even open the suitcase when you go to mother-in-law's house. The suitcase is locked and you cannot find the key <laughs> till you go to your house. Yes, Brother Matthew. Where thou diest, will I die. Ah, how many of you are willing to say that to your mother-in-law? I'm, I'm sure you must be hating the scripture. If you die, mother-in-law, I will die with you. Will you be able to say that? Don't be staring at me. This is the word of God. Stare at God. Yes, brother. And there will I be buried. Jehovah, do so to me. And more also, if aught, but that part thee and me. Amen. Can I hear the women say amen? Praise God. 
The next woman I want to show you is a woman called Esther, taken from Esther chapter 4, verse 14. She says, Esther was a woman who understood times, and she seized the opportunity when she got, because she knew if she's going to enter the presence of the king, it had to be God's grace and God's mercy for, for her to stand before the king. But yet she trusted in the God of her fathers and of her uncle, and she knew if I go, my God will go with me. Amen? Another person I want to talk about is Ezekiah. It's taken from 2 Kings chapter 18, verses 5 to 8. 2 Kings chapter 18, verses 5 to 8. It talks about Ezekiah. He was one of the kings of Israel, and he trusted God not like his predecessors. The people, the father, the grandfather, none, of, none like them. But he was a man who trusted in God and God looked after him. God took care of him. The next person is a person called Daniel. And it's taken from Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. The Bible says, Daniel was a man of integrity. His prayer life was, you can't match it. Daniel always knew that his prayer would always bring mighty transformation and change. And Daniel seen the miracles that God was doing through his life because he was a man of prayer, because he trusted in God. There are many of you who are prayer warriors here. And for some reason, your, your prayers are not being answered. Don't give up. Trust God. In His time, He will make it beautiful. Amen? Amen. He was not afraid. Daniel was not afraid to pray. When, when the law was given that you should not pray, Daniel went on his knees. He was not afraid of his prayer life. The next man that I want to talk, man of God, is Elijah. Taken from 2 Kings chapter 1, verse 15. Elijah was a man who availed himself in such a way he carried himself. As a result, God used him in a very mighty way. That even that water he commanded came to pass because he trusted in God. The next person coming to the New Testament is the life of another man called Paul. I've taken this from Acts chapter 21, verses 10 to 14. Acts 21 verses 10 to 14. I'm so sorry that the projector is not there for you to see these scriptures. Paul was a man so passionate for the lost. I'm talking to the brothers and sisters who have the passion for lost. Yet, if you had given Paul a chance, he would even walk on glass pieces to go to the other side to share the gospel because nothing stopped Paul from sharing the gospel to the lost. Because he knew the God who called him. He trusted in that God, that that God will save him no matter what be the situation. Last but not the least, I only just chose 12, is the life of Philip. Taken from Acts chapter 8, verse 25 to 40. Eight, Acts 8, 25 to 40. Philip was a man who chose to live by the Spirit. He chose to follow the prompting of the Spirit. And he was used by God in a mighty way because he said the word of God. In all these 
people that we've seen, there was one thing that was common in all of them. They trusted in God. I want you to tell your neighbor, can you trust God the same way these men trusted in God? And now you tell him, Amen, that will be your portion in Jesus' name. Coming to the text of my message, I'm taking my text from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. That's the text for today's message. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 7, 6. Trust in the Lord with, Trust all, in the Lord. with all your heart okay. and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. Amen. Amen. This proverb actually summarizes the entire book of Proverbs. To trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. And He will direct your path. The first condition for receiving God's guidance is that we need to learn to trust God's word. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 1 verses 9 and 10. Colossians chapter 1 verses 9 and 10. The Bible says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Verse 10. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. The will of God, I told this about a few months ago, the will of God is revealed in the word of God. And only to know the will of God, you need to know the word of God. And in order for the will of God to be manifested in your life, you need to obey the word of God. Amen? Knowing the word of God is only 50%. But obeying the will of God is what is important. 99% of Christians know the word of God. They can quote the word of God. But living the word of God and obeying the word of God, they find it very difficult. My first point on the scripture, it talks about what should I do? My first point, what should I do? And we go back to our scripture and let us look at our scripture. The first part says, in what I should do is you should trust the Lord. Amen? When everything seems to go bad, when everything seems to be a chaos, when there is chaos at home, when there's chaos at work, when there's chaos with your children, when there's chaos, even sometimes maybe in church also. It can happen anywhere. Don't think the enemy cannot penetrate any place. He can penetrate any place. But if there is chaos, what do you do? Trust God. Amen? Trusting God is like taking a trip. 
you know when you are going to take a trip, what do you do? What's the first thing that you want to travel from here to Dubai? The first thing that you do is you choose a road map. Correct? You want to travel by road from here to Dubai, you choose a road map. Now, eventually, as you begin to travel, you will come to realize that traveling from here to Dubai will have subdivisions, like will have different roads that will deviate to different places. Maybe there's a construction. Maybe there are different roads. There are thousands of roads that deviate from here to Dubai. But the question is, you have to make sure that you stay on your route. Now, the question is, sometimes, while traveling from here to Dubai, for example, if you pass Azeba and you think, okay, this right turn will take me to Dubai, you will not reach Dubai. You will go to the beach and have a swim. If you come to Sohar and suddenly you start to take another deviation here, you think, this road, it will not mean any harm. We will, darling, let us just take this road. And darling will tell you, no, baby, the straight road. No, nothing will happen. Let us, let us take small deviation. Why I'm saying this, every deviation in your walk of life, if not carefully monitored, will end you up in the wrong place. What does the Bible say in Psalm 1-1? The way of the righteous and the end of the ungodly. Psalm 1-1, the Bible says, the bless, Blessed, is the, blessed man, is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. One minute, brother. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, number one. Number two. Nor stands in the path of sinners. While he's traveling from Dubai, from here to Dubai, he doesn't go stand with sinners. No sits in the seat of the While scornful. he's traveling from here to Dubai, he doesn't sit with mockers. Yeah. Number one, he, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Number two, stands in the way of sinners. Number three, sit in the seat of scornful. So we have three deviations from here to your destiny, destination that the enemy can use. This is for the youth, very specially. You will think, there's nothing wrong to go sit with my friends, dad. Why are you simply troubling me? There's nothing wrong in sitting with them. But sometimes, one seating with your friend, one seating with your friend, your friend will say, why don't we just go for a small drive? And there's nothing wrong in that small drive. Because you will not know where your friends are taking you. And suddenly that small drive will lead to the shisha place. Your friend will say, just we love shisha. Your, you will say, there's nothing wrong. He will tell you. You will say, no, but the word of God. He says, just try it. You are sitting with seats of people who will tempt you to take only one time shisha. Just one time. The Bible gives it very clear. Every, every area that you think it is not wrong, you will never know. One time will go to second time, will go to third time. And then there will be no turning back. That's the reason the Bible says, be very careful where you sit. Be very careful where you stand. Be very careful where you lie down. Another friend will tell you, come, there's a beautiful girl in, in our college today. She's called for a party. And you say, Dad, can I go for this party? Dad will say, listen, just be a little careful. You say, Dad, there's nothing wrong. Why are, you, why are you behaving like this? It's just a small party and we are good friends. 
all godly people, maybe 99%, 99% godly, but there may be one ungodly person there who will tempt you to take you for a walk. As you go for a walk, slowly they will hold your hands. This is especially for the youth, I'm telling this. And from a walk, holding your hands, and then you are caught up in a web. So be very careful. Be very careful where you stand, where you sit, where you lie down. Once you go, it's very hard to return because it will be very sweet for the moment. But at the end, it will be poison to you. Now, in taking a trip, the second thing is required is action. You need to take action in order to go from here to Dubai. Planning the trip is one, but the second thing is action. Now, what is action needed in a Christian life? For example, I, I, I think I told this several years ago, that the spacecraft that left from Earth to Moon, they say that 80% of this time, that the, that the spacecraft can be off course 80% of the time, but because of the onboard computer that constantly redirects the spacecraft to go in its correct route, it is able to reach its destination because of this onboard computer. But for some reason, if this onboard computer does not work, for some reason, even one millimeter deviation from your target can end you, end you up in outer space darkness. Sometimes you will say, just a small thing, but that small thing will take you totally off course and that you will find your place that is so far no return. The same is with the child of God. You must constantly learn, constantly learn to sit and evaluate your life. Every youth that I'm telling this to you, and even for our my brothers and sisters in Christ. It's not just for the youth. Do you take a watch, a checklist of your life? How often we do that? Let me ask you a question. How, when was the last time you sat in the presence of God and you did a checklist of your life? When was the last time? Only on Fridays when, when the sermon comes, we do a checklist. And as the man of God speaks, then we say, oh, oh. But you're supposed to do it every day. Every day you need to check your life and say, God, this was my destination. This was my journey. Have I walked in the path that you have called me to walk? Or have I deviated? Because one day deviation slowly will take you away from God's calling. I want you to make a commitment today. If there's one thing that you're going to do before you can go to bed, sit and check your life. What have you done today? God called you for a purpose. God has got a purpose for each and everyone sitting down here. Or you just carry on with life and enjoy it. Everyone's enjoying it. It's okay. I also can enjoy it. You know, everyone are doing it. I also can do it. There's nothing wrong. Be careful. Always remember one thing. Trusting God is not easy. I'm saying that again. Because it takes pain. It takes a man on his knees. It takes a man searching the word of God. It takes a man praying constantly and telling God, search me, search me, God. Because unknowingly I can be in the wrong path. It takes pain. My second point is, we've seen what should I do, number one. The second point is why we should 
trust God. Maybe you might have youth. You might have a friend who does not know Jesus. And your friend might ask you, why should you trust God? We have everything. I have education. My parents are rich. I have a house. I have a car. I have, I have, I have. Why should? So the question is, why should you trust the Lord? And the Bible gives the answer in the second part of that same verse. It says, lean not on your own understanding. Why you should trust God? So that you don't lean on your own understanding. We should trust God because no matter how smart you think you are, of all the degrees you might have, you are limited in whatever you have. No matter what you have. Even if I'm to call out the most educated, the most qualified person and put all our qualification together, we are limited compared to God. Amen? Amen. We need God's mind because God's understanding is not limited. God's understanding is not finite. It's not short-sighted. We are short-sighted. We do not know what can happen tomorrow, but God knows your tomorrow. Amen? Amen. Quickly, let us turn to Isaiah 26, verse 4. Isaiah 26, verse 4. Trust in the Lord forever. One minute, brother. How does it say to trust the Lord for? Ever. You seen that? Can I can hear the church say, we trust the Lord for? Ever. Amen. Not for today, not for tomorrow, but we need to trust God forever, no matter what be the situation. We seen the, the play just now. There was chaos the moment there was some pro- problem. But the Bible calls us to trust God no matter what. Yes, my brother. For the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Amen. Because God alone is your everlasting rock. All other ground is? Sinking sand. All other ground is? Sinking sand. Only God. You can stand and you can trust Him. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Amen. God is the one who created everything in the world. Why should we trust our own judgment when we have God for us? Amen. You see, God has designed everything for us, including us. God has the power to know everything. God sees the big picture. You see the small picture. So learn to trust Him. God offers this expertise through the teaching of His Word in the inner guidance of His Spirit. Don't lean on your own understanding. Do not lean. You will fail if you lean on your own understanding. My third point, we've seen... What should I do? Why should we trust God? And the third point is how to trust God. Why? And now I'm going to share how to trust God. And let us look at the same scripture which says, the Bible says that, it says, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. 100% in all your ways. Not 50%, not 80%. It says in all your ways. God knows us well. I'm certain that God felt that he put this clause there. Knowing that our tendency, we obey God or we trust God 99%. There's that 1% that we don't trust God with. Do you know that each and every one sitting here, 
in some area, not all of the same, but each of us, we trust God in 99% of the time. But there's certain areas we don't trust Him. We tell Him, God, you, you, you don't know about that. My finance, I will take care of it. Don't worry about that. My children, you don't worry. I will take care of my children. I know how to bring up my children. Don't worry about that. This next job to choose, don't worry, God. Everything seen. I have the perfect CV. I will get it. Don't worry about that. My next move, don't worry about that, God. I have it all figured out. Maybe in all the other areas you're trusting God, but there may be one area that you say, God, leave that to me. I will take control. Especially for the youth. You are going to a next level of finding a job, of going to college, in finding a life partner. Don't trust your instincts. Trust God. If you trust your instincts, you will be in trouble. You will be in deep trouble. Let God guide you. Amen? Amen. But, there's one thing. A man would trust God in every way, but if he does not yield in one area, he gets into a lot of trouble. Sometimes you wonder why your prayer is not being answered. I'm sure Pastor Sean would have shared this with the intercessors. You might be trusting God, but there's one area in your, in your life that you're not willing to yield to God. God will not answer you. God wants total, either 100% you trust Him. Because trusting Him, 90% and 1% not trusting Him is called disobedience. It's total disobedience. My next point to that is how to trust God. My, my fourth point, coming to my last point is it pays to trust God. There is a reward when you trust God. Amen? My fourth point, there is a reward. If tomorrow Pastor Abraham, Pastor Leslie and Pastor Lakin told you there will be a reward if you stay in this church 100 years. The reward will, we will give you this church. You can become pastor of this church. Will you want to stay? You'll think, okay, 100 years too far. 50 years pastor. Matthew will be ready online because he's 34 years. Pastor Abraham will be, he's already having the post, not him. Claudie will be next online, 32 years. And were anybody else more than 30 years here in Oman? Nobody after more than 30. Okay, praise God. We only three people are going to fight for this position. Oh, praise God. Luke is there, 34, 32, just like me. If pastor said there was a reward, wouldn't we work hard for it? The same thing God says, I will give you a reward. I will give you that reward. You must understand one thing. Do you know what's the reward? You see, the moment I said reward, what do you think of? Gold, money, beautiful wife, beautiful job, beautiful car. All that only is your reward. Only the earthly things only we think of our reward. One big sack of gold. I want to show you what is the reward God talking to you. Look at that scripture. Look at the last verse of that scripture. He says, He will make your path straight. We don't want that reward. God is making this path straight and all that. We know how to walk straight. Our mother and father taught us to walk straight. We want some other reward. See, we must learn to obey God. Because when you learn to obey God, God will direct your path in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen? Amen. God will do it. It's God's promise to you. Amen? 
God has promised you, listen, if you lean not on your own understanding, you acknowledge me, I will make every crooked path straight for you because you have exalted me above everything else. We must trust God with all our hearts. Obey Him in all our ways. This means total surrender, total commitment. Let us look at Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2. Romans 12 verses 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. There is definitely a reward for trusting God. I call NG4C to come, on, to, come to the stage here. Because... When you trust God, what does I mean to trust God is, God is not saying, if you trust me, I will make your life comfortable. I will make you popular. Pay attention to me. Don't look at NG for C. God is not telling you, I will make you popular. I will make you comfortable in every area. I will make you good looking. I will make you slim. I will make you beautiful. God is not saying that. What is God telling is, He's saying in your lives, I will give you direction. Amen? I will give you a purpose. Amen? And if you're sleeping, say amen. Because your concentration is there. I will give you direction. I will give you a purpose. And I will give you a fulfillment, the Bible says. I will fulfill everything that you want, but you trust me. Amen? God is not promising, please pay attention, God is not promising a life without pain. He's not promising that. God is not promising that you will not go through the desert experience. God is not promising that, ah, I will not allow you to go through the valley. No, 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 no. All these experiences are good for us because it makes us strong in Christ. Amen? The more thing is, I want to share, maybe there are some of you here today, you have never made a commitment to trust God in all your life, but if today is your turn, I challenge you, trust Him. The reason I say this, I was written off saying that I will never walk again. Here I stand before you. The doctors who said, your time is over. You need to go back, back to India. You cannot walk again. I'm not saying what they're saying is wrong, but I know my God turned it around. I trusted in him. I said, even if I don't walk, I will still live for you, God, because you called me. You called me. I do not know what your situation is. And if you have never made a commitment to trust God, take today and say, God, I want to trust you. I find it difficult to trust you. I find it very difficult. Can you help me? Now I want to talk to the second group of people. You have trusted God. You have trusted God. But for some reason, that journey from here to Dubai that I was talking about, you have deviated very slowly. You have deviated and you're trusting in your own strength. You are trusting to build that house. You're trusting to buy these lands. You're trusting to do great things. Please don't lean on your understanding. Come back to say, God, 
I trust in you. If it is your will, I will build it. If it's your will, that will be my portion in Jesus' name. And for those, the third group, you trusted God. You walked away from Him sometime. But now you're living in total rebellion against Him. That's the third group is a very dangerous group. You have no trust in God ever because you have trusted in yourself totally. Because you think you can do everything yourself. You don't need God. Your prayer life is come to zero. Your Bible reading is come to zero. Your fellowship is nothing. You have a form of godliness. But you're denying the power of God. I want to speak to that group. Come back to God and trust Him. Give your life back to God. Can I ask you to stand, please? We are going to sing the song, I just keep trusting my Lord as I walk along because he's a faithful friend. Just keep trusting my Lord as I walk along. I just keep trusting my Lord and he gives me a song.
NG4C returns to their place, I want you all to stretch out your hands, pray for them. I need you to pray for them. I can't hear you. Let's be assured that the next generation is a strong generation. A strong generation for the Lord. You and I might have failed in doing what we should be doing. But just pray that this generation will not fail. They will have the boldness to share God's word. Their walk will be a walk of faith. They will trust God every day. The devil is not going to leave them, but they have somebody more powerful than the devil. Pray that they will always walk in God's ways. And they will succeed in whatever they do. Many of them are young in jobs. Many of them are starting colleges. They will succeed. Pray, church, pray for them. It's our job to pray. Father God, we just thank you for every one of these people, Lord Father. This generation for you, Lord Father. We just commit them into your hands. We thank you, Lord, that they are making an impact. We pray, Lord, that their days of impact will not lessen. That they will continue to be a, a generation that impacts others, Lord Father. Father, we ask that your presence be mighty in their lives, Lord Father. Take care of their every need, Lord Father. Father, we commit them into your hands, Lord Father. Father God, let the world not trap them, Lord Father. But that, let them be your evangelists in this world, Lord Father. We thank you. We give glory unto you. In Jesus' name we pray. Church, let's put our hands together for them as they get back to their place. Now a question to the rest of us who have heard the message. Is there anyone here who has not understood today's message? If you have, you can put up your hand. I'll ask Brother Claudie to take us through it again. Because we need it. The message is very simple. It's just two words. But if you haven't understood it, please put up your hands. Trust God. Not just on Fridays. Trust God 24-7. 365 days, or 366 if there's a leap year. It is all the time, every time. Trust God. Turn with me to Psalm chapter Psalms chapter 20, verse 7. Some trust in chariots, and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God, straightforward verse, but there is an elaboration on this which is there 
in Isaiah chapter 31. So let's turn to that also. Isaiah chapter 31, verses 1 and 3. Isaiah 31, verses 1 and 3. Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses, who trust in chariots because they are many, and in horsemen because they are very strong, but who do not look to the Holy One of Israel, nor seek the Lord. Verse 3. Now the Egyptians are men, not God. Their horses are flesh and not spirit. When the Lord stretches out his hand, both he who helps will fall, and he who is helped will fall down. They will all perish together. The word is very clear. Your trust should be in God and in God alone. Otherwise, you will perish, and the one who attempts to help you will also perish. So take this message that you heard today to heart. It is something that we need to do. So let's just thank God for the word. Let's just say thank you, God, for reminding me once again that you are there for me at all times. I don't need to look to the, to the, to the right or to the left, to the east or to the west. I just need to trust in you, Lord. Father God, we thank you, Lord Father, for this very simple truth that you brought across to us through the skit, through the word which was delivered, Lord Father. Father God, we just want to say thank you, Lord, that once again, in your love for us, Lord Father, you have told us some very simple principle. Trust me in all situations. Don't look at things around you. Don't look at the environment. Don't look at crumbling things around you. You are not going to crumble. Just trust in me. That's what the Lord says. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. And Father God, I pray, Lord, that we will let these words take root in our life, Lord Father. That we will live our lives not doubting you, Lord Father. Not turning to men around us, Lord Father, however strong they appear how much ever talents they seem to have. But Father, help us to turn to you in all situations, every time, Lord Father. Father God, I pray, Lord, that our trust will be in you and you alone. We give glory unto you. Thank you, Father God, for your servant whom you have used this day, Lord Father, for giving him this word, Lord Father, that he could bring across to us. I pray, Lord, that more of your anointing will be poured out upon him, Lord that he will bring us greater truths in days to come. We pray, Lord, that your presence will be with the family also, Lord Father. Your blessings will be upon them, Lord Father. Every desire they have, Lord Father, that they have brought across to you, you will bring it to pass, Lord Father. We give glory unto you, Lord Father. Father God, we thank you for every member of the NG4C, Lord Father. We thank you, Lord, for the way you're using them, Lord Father. And I pray, Lord, that even as you use them to touch us, I pray, Lord, that you will impact them also, Lord Father. Father God, that none of them will fall away, Lord Father. That all of them will stand firm for you, Lord Father. We thank you, we praise you, Lord Father. Father, I thank you for every one of us gathered here. Pray, Lord, that even as we depart from this place, Lord Father, we will be refreshed in our spirit, Lord Father. And we will go out with the strength of your word, Lord Father. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. Before we share the grace, I just need to um, have one more prayer point. Uh, we are going to thank God for the exam results which were released recently. We have had good success in our exams. Some of our children are going to be traveling for college education to other parts uh, of the world. So let's just, if you remember those children who are going to be traveling, I pray that, I mean, I ask that you put out your hands and remember them. And we will pray for every one of them that God's presence will be with them, that they will shine as children of God wherever they are. They will not be enamored and trapped by the trappings that are around them, but God will keep them safe and they will succeed beautifully wherever they are. So pray for all our children, all those who are going to be going on for collegiate education in the days to come. Father, we commit every child, Lord Father, every boy, every girl, Lord Father, who has, who has tasted beautiful success in the last exams, and who you are moving them on for higher studies, Lord Father. We just commit them into your hands, Father. We ask, Lord, that your presence be with them, Lord Father. Father God, they may be in environments which, where they don't have their parents around them, Lord Father. But we pray, Lord, that you will be a father to them. You will be a mother to them. You will be a friend to them, Lord Father. You will be the counselor that they need, Lord Father. That they will not fall to the trappings that the world has to offer, Lord Father. Father God, I pray, Lord, that they will learn to put their trust implicitly into you, Lord Father. We thank you, we praise you. Be with them in their going. Help them in their studies, Lord Father, that they shall truly succeed and get to the top of their class, Lord Father. We give all glory unto you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Church, let's move outside, and even as we move out, let's fellowship with each other. Pass on the word. Trust God.